White Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you are watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure you tune in. Listening to the Ballroom Network, the following program is intended for all audiences. You're listening to the Ballroom Network, the following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, Vinnie Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Kaminsky dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can hit on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to South Burbs Hitman. I'm going to get this logo off the screen and we're going to see me. That's right. Welcome. Man, we'll do it again. I'm your host, Joe Mandel, joined by my co-host and White Sox brother-in-arms, Vinny Parisi. Uh, Steven Zimmerman will be joining us later tonight, and Chris Gonzalez is always with us here in spirit. But Vinny, we have a very, very special guest joining us tonight. He's actually going to be here as a co-host with us. Let's go ahead and welcome to the show, Brian Knights, the winner of the 108 tournament, and of course, lover of Miller Lite. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, fellas. How you doing? Not bad. How's it going, man? Absolutely delightful. There's been better weeks, I would say, than the last one the White Sox had, I, I think. But and I, I might be wrong. I, I called it in a tweet earlier this week, uh, the worst week of White Sox television in the last decade. And I don't think that's an overstatement at all. What do you guys think, Vinny? You're shaking your head over there. Well... I guess with expectations comes extra disappointment when they suck. There were definitely worse weeks in like 2015, you know, but you know, they had no future nobody cared. Like it was just a party at the field. If you were a diehard White Sox fan, now it's like this team could win a world series. We're trotting out Jimmy Lambert and Vince Velasquez. You know what I'm saying? And Leary Garcia's batting third and second. Like when there's expectations, I get extra mad and it sucks more. So that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, it's been brutal. Brian, for you watching these games all week, 
I've just got to get your perspective here because I always watch your videos on Twitter and you've, you've like the best rants, you know, how, how are you feeling? Uh, is it the end of days that everyone feels? I mean, I don't think so, but a lot of people do. Q landslide. No, it's, it's definitely not the end of days, but I have said in this week of post games that it's the worst week in recent memory. Um, probably because like Vinny said, the expectations, and then you're going up against two teams in the division that we expected to be bad. And they're just, they're just murdering us. So it's, it's not, not floor. So, um, but it's not the end of days. It's still April the team's not healthy, but, uh, it's, it's definitely disheartening. Yeah. You know, a lot of folks, you know, mention it's how bad it is, but there was the same thing last year. They had a slow start last year. They couldn't get things going. They had injuries. Eloy was hurt last year too. It's not like that's a new thing. We're getting used to it around these parts, but it doesn't make it any easier. Um, I'm just curious, you know, how, the, how they can bite the injury bug here. I, I, someone in the chat room said that Travis, you know, someone swat the damn injury bug. It's the truth. Uh, we got to get healthy. That bullpen has to get healthy. Uh, the bats need to get healthy. You know, we, then we got AJ Pollock back, and he, you know, he's been a bit of a, a swing and a miss. I would have liked to see him get a little bit, maybe a couple more games down in AAA to kind of get himself right. After you know, he had we talked about this last week. He had paternity leave. Um, you know, I just went through that myself. So you know, not that I'm a baseball player, but you you kind of sit around, you do a lot of stuff with the baby, and then on top of it, you're dealing with a hamstring injury. Maybe he could have used a couple extra games down there. Uh, Vinny, am, am I out of bounds saying that, or do you think he should have had a couple more games down there in AAA? Um, I'm not sure. I think coming back from an injury, especially one like that, is always hard. Yeah, it's going to take him a couple games to get back into the swing of things. That it's not like the team around him. He's not the reason they lost. He's not the reason they were bad. Um, yeah, what do you like to see the Pollock that was there the first couple games of the season? Of course. But he'll be fine. I'm not too worried about him. I'm curious to think, see what like Brian thinks about this. When I think of what happened so far this season, I'm not going to say that I think they're going to like go on and win the World Series or anything like that. I mean, I think they're good enough. But the Atlanta Braves got off to just a horrific start last year, too. That's true. And I guarantee you there were Atlanta Braves podcasters and post-game video makers you know, saying na- nasty things about them. And then they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. for the entire season. And Ronald Acuna Jr. is better I than Eloy Jimenez. He's better than Eloy Jimenez. And the and that's saying something because Eloy's really good. And they went out and rebuilt their outfield at the trade deadline, and they got hot at the right time. So if the White Sox, also they play in a bad division, kind of like the AL East was la- or NL East was last year. Like Brian said, it's April. So, I mean, Brian, what do you think? I, yeah, it's, it's high. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. A seven-game losing streak in April doesn't mean shit if you were winning twenty games in a row in in June and July. So it, it's it sucks because it's it's a it's a bad week, and we would like to see them win every game, especially with the expectations for them to run away with this division to get smoked against the division to start the season. It, it doesn't feel good, but I mean, we're, they they get hot in August, and we're gonna forget about this week. So whatever yeah i mean there's a chance like you said that they still win the division by 10 or more games uh, they're they've lost seven in a row and they're still only a game and a half out of first place that's my and prediction yeah and they're they're six and nine which is not nice um they have uh, unless you're Kansas drunk City, 
<laughs> yeah, unless you're drunk. They have the uh, Kansas City Royals. I will preview all that a little bit later too, but just for a talking point right now, they got the Kansas City Royals, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Chicago Cubs. Three teams that going into the season we all thought would be just trash, and they kind of are. Uh, I know the Angels are a little bit better than off to a okay start, but the other two, like, they're not great. None of the three teams are great. They're teams that the White Sox should be able to beat. And if you're a good team, you'll go beat those teams right now, especially with Absolutely. all three of them being played in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, that that Cubs-Sox series for me is is going to be really interesting to see this early in, in the season because, you know, the Cubs have proven that their offense can be deadly at times. We haven't seen that at all from us right now. No. And one game in Detroit, I think, we saw the deadly offense. And yeah, that, that's it. And, and we all and we all know that it's there. We know that it could be there. And uh, we get a lefty here starting tomorrow that could maybe, you know, start things getting hot again. So um, I just want to see how they stack up against the Cubs. And obviously, I want to see how they play all week. But uh, and seeing Otani and Trout in town, that'll be that'll be interesting too. But um just looking forward to uh getting this past week behind us um i i know we could all agree that there has been a lot of pain in our life the past week um it's been hard to get through liam Hendricks didn't have the best week um so i assembled a clip of the pain from yesterday with a little ending clip to kind of make us all laugh it off and this is going to be the last i talk about it and maybe the last we see it so one more time, let's take a look at the disaster that was the end of yesterday's game. Driven to right. Pollock is back. God, we are tied. Buxton goes opposite field. His fifth home run of the year, and it's three apiece. He said he can change the game with one swing of the bat, and he did just that. Talking about his forehead game yesterday, he said he was as happy with the two single or two balls he hit to right field. He'll be even happier with off a homer right there. Just like that. A drive to left field. He has done it again. Unbelievable. Well, you didn't walk him. You went right I mean, in. I've got pain and I've got experience. Well, I got pain. I've got experience too. Now, listen, kid. You come around here. You want to move in here with me? Come on in, come on in the house. Real nice, come on in the moat. It stinks. This week did stink. Uh, I really don't think there's another way around it. As Brian takes a sip of his beer, I'm taking a sip of mine. Vinny's taking a magical one with us because he's on medication for other stuff. So we gotta we'll, we'll do the virtual cheers to forget about the past week. Um, Liam and everyone included needs to forget about this past week. And just move on with the fresh slate because that's literally all we can do to keep things keep things moving along. And okay, Vinny, so you got go ahead. you got the lefty on the mound tomorrow. Okay, I forget his name. Finally, I wrote an article about. I forget his name already. Um, then you have a thousand year old Zach Greinke on Thursday or on Wednesday, and then on fr- uh, Thursday you have Chicago White Sox fan favorite Brad Keller. So they should be able to get back on track in this series. If I'll start to worry if they come onto this series, like looking as bad as they've looked in the last week or so. Yeah. You know, the Royals are always a good, good vibe for us. I mean, uh, at least to get the offense going, we've had some pretty bad defensive showing against the Royals. 
over the years, but Salvador Perez, I think, is the guy we really got to watch out for. We'll talk about it a little bit again later in the show, but if these bats don't get going now, I don't know when they're going to get going, but I think Andrew Vaughn getting every day at bats now, he's going to continue to get even hotter. Brian, I know you are a, a big fan of Andrew Vaughn, and I think we could all agree this is not how we wanted him to get every day at bats, but what are your expectations for him with a more full-time role? I think we're going to see more of what we're seeing. I mean, he's hit 300. He leads the team in home runs, which, I mean, is three. But uh, the, the Andrew Vaughn fucking rakes. That's the club, and he's going to keep it going. <laughs> have we given That's him right. a statue yet? Uh, Andrew Vaughn does not have a statue yet, but it's okay. coming. Oh, yeah, I'm Put sure. it on top of the bean? No, it can't go on the bean. That's where Jose Abreu's statue is. Spot's taken. <laughs> the, the, you made me laugh so hard too when you talked about Leary's statue getting like revoked like that. It is not revoked. There's an opening now. Andrew Vaughn does something cool. He goes on top of the water tower. That's how I it works. It. Oh, I like that. I love it. That's, <laughs> I are you surprised at how big of a a life that that whole bit has taken on? I mean, people love just. I, I've seen people. I, I, Originally, I was like, all right, this is like a big joke. But like when Jose Abreu goes yard and I get like 30 mentions of people saying build the statue, put it on top of the bean. I'm like, this is this is nuts. And then like Andrew Vaughn hits like an RBI single and there's like 15 people being like Andrew Vaughn fucking rakes club open for business. It's just wild. I love it so much. It's really funny. There's a rare clip of him robbing a home run. Elite left fielder. White Sox Twitter has a way of grasping onto things that are like moderately funny. And then they become really funny when 50 people are into it. Like, like Keelan's heaven, the White Sox heaven, like that is right there. Yeah. It's like some of the funniest stuff. And Brian with the bean, it's just so funny. I, I love it. I mean, it got, it got to a point where I made merchandise of who's <laughs> on top of the bean. Like that, that's what the point we're at here. Yeah. That's yeah. That's cool. hey, and and by the way, you know, while we're talking about you, Brian, I mean, you could talk about the merch, you could talk about that stuff. And even, even why don't you just tell us a little bit about what it was like to win the 108 tourney? I mean, that in itself is an impressive feat against our three time guest, Alyssa Bergamini. Yeah, I was just gonna uh, say before he talks about it, I can't, I have to admit, I could not vote in the final. I love Brian Knights and I love Alyssa Bergamini so much that I was like. I can't vote. I'm abstaining from the vote. I'll be happy for whoever wins. But I voted for both of you very hard leading up to it. It was it was an unbelievable matchup. Probably like the best month of my life. It was the most fun I've ever had on any social media platform. And uh, we came out on top and hung the banner. That was the goal from day one. That's awesome. Did you get – did you feel like you received more followers via all this? Like did the social media experience, did it feel like it grew for you? It did. Uh, I think going into it, I was a little over like 4,200 maybe. And now we're at like 5,400. Very good. So it, was, it was definitely a, a huge bump, probably like a, a thousand ish throughout the month of, of March, leading nice. up until the championship and after. That's awesome. White Sox Twitter, White Sox Twitter is a very loyal bunch and uh, they all love their White Sox. I think we're all more passionate about this team. Uh, what was the craziest interaction you've had with someone? I'm sure you've got some crazy stories. I, I don't really know. I, it's just, I, it's just like or random. Your, or your favorite. Oh man. There's so much, like it's so hard because like 
I've never expected any of this to happen. And then it's like, I'm at a game and like, there's people coming up to me and, and stuff like that. Or like randomly at a bar, they're just like in, in Wrigleyville or wherever it's at, Cork and Cary, sometimes even like Palos Hills, somebody will come up and be like, hey, cue the motherfucking Blues Brothers. Like, that shit's awesome. There's two that stick out. Uh, one, I was driving to um, Oak Brook. I was driving to Oak Brook to go uh, out to dinner with my girlfriend, and I was at a red light, like, I think it was on like Kingery or something. I was on a red light and some guy pulls up and like recognized me. And he was like, I follow you on Twitter. I love your stuff. Just had a random red light. And I'm like driving to dinner. And I'm like, that was electric. And then uh, there was another good one. I just had it on my head. I don't know where it went. There was a, a really funny interaction that I can't remember now that I was just about to tell before that last story. <laughs> That's really funny. I mean, you make these videos, they're electric. It's got it's got like a thing attached to it, like you say, cue the motherfucking blues brothers, and you got the hashtag. There's something attached to your videos that I think people like can kind of relate to, and there's something that's just easily they're able to scream it at you when they see you. And you know, I think it's so cool. In order to win the 108 tourney, I think I feel like the point of it, and I've had this conversation with Beef Loaf before, is like you got to do something to make people vote for you. You have to come up with some kind of content. It's almost like per round, right? Yeah. And so when you would do the spaces or make a video from the hot tub, like get people to like raffle off stuff like, hey, I got a baseball that I'll give away signed by whoever. Like, I think you did a great job with it. And I think people who compete in the tournament, I know that complete douche My Sox Summer kept me out of the tournament because he's mad at me for thinking the White Sox need to hit. I'm just kidding. I love My Sox Summer. Um, <laughs> they're all going to be on our show eventually. Um, yes, they will. I like. I think they appreciate that, and it helps them. It helps the people competing in the tournament, and you did a great job with it. Thank you. I mean, the tournament does its job. I mean, the, the point of it is to get eyes on White Sox Twitter and get people on White Sox Twitter bigger followings. And like I said, I gave him like a thousand in a month. Like it's, it does its job perfectly. And for me, I think I had a, a, a good advantage because the, well, I have the barstool bump. And then the people that like follow me are cute motherfucking Blues Brothers fan. Like it's such like a loyal group of people that they just vote for me every round because I don't know. Yeah. Didn't you even, you got an endorsement from Clem too, didn't you? Yeah, that one was wild. Yeah, uh, that's cool. That that came out of the spaces, and then uh, this guy who I didn't know he lived in Hickory, but I met him at the Dozen Live Show. He he came up to me at the live show, and uh, we were talking about it because he de- he kept tweeting at Clem, and was the one that got the endorsement because like we were in the spaces, and somebody mentioned getting Clem, and so he tweeted at Clem, and then the Sunday Rebay thing, and then he. Uh, he endorsed us, and then I met Clem at the Dozen Live show, and uh, thanked him for the win. That's outstanding. You got Mets Twitter and White Sox Twitter. I say I agree that from the beginning, these two fan bases are so similar. So it was good to see. Was the person who came up to you named Mike? No, it wasn't Mike. Okay, I don't think so. Uh, um, yeah, I'm just curious. Um, I remember the story, by the way. If you want me to tell that. Really oh quick. yeah, yeah, tell it. We were at. We were at uh, Joe Daniels in Payless, just like drinking buckets of Miller Whites like we usually do. And all of a sudden, the Blues Brothers went on touch tunes. And like nobody's just playing an eight minute song on, 
on touch tunes unless you're like a real asshole. And all my buddies are like, did you do that? I'm like, no, of course I didn't do that. I'm not cueing the motherfucking blues, but it was a bar assignment a game on. It was in like January. And uh, then I get a DM from a guy and it said, hope you enjoyed that. And I was like, you're just, you just saw me and <laughs> it for me? Like, let's go. It's electric. And then he didn't come and say hi. I was like, how are you going to cue it? And then not come say what's up. So that was that was a little a little hurtful, but that's hilarious. Wow, man, that that's like the phantom hello. That's just so yeah. bizarre. So you ever had play a song for you, but I'm not going to come say what's up. Yeah. And then I I was like, we left Joe Daniels because we went over to rooftop uh, across the street, and I was like, come over there. And he was like, nah, we went home. I was like, come on, let's, let's do some bar hopping and payless. That's that's like buying a girl a drink from across the bar and then just leaving. Yeah, <laughs> not, not even going to say hello. It's a yeah. wild move, but I, that it was guy, a, I loved it. He owes you a beer now. Have you ever been in work uniform and had someone say something like crazy to you in front of coworkers that have no clue what's going on? Oh, all the time. Because <laughs> all the people that work at the ballpark are like firefighters and paramedics that are like. 40 years old and have no idea what I'm doing on Twitter and then uh, we'll be like dealing with a, a a call like out in the outfield concourse and somebody will walk by and just be like cue the motherfucking Blues Brothers <laughs> well, we're just dealing with this guy and he's like what did he just say and then I gotta explain the whole thing so now now people kind of know that like if you're working with me at a Sox game you're gonna get a lot of interaction from random humans so uh, people know the drill and you have to you enjoy it right Oh, I love it. It's it's yeah. it, it makes it makes making the videos like worth it. Like I would do it anyways, just because it's fun for me and it's like hilarious for me. But for like people to validate it by like coming and like wanting to say hi, wanting to have a beer, like that that shit's cool. That's awesome. That's what it's all about, man. And uh, being in a Sox game and and having all the fans around you that feel the same way. There's nothing like it. Uh, so. I'm with you in that respect. And White Sox Twitter is its own unique beast and uh, always having fun. So that's great. We're so happy to have you. And we're going to have you on for the, the majority of the show or the rest of the show. And we'll just dive into some of our segmented portions. Uh, I figured this is the part, Vinny, we've been kind of teasing it all week because you've, you've in, in your put on your socks videos all week. You, I, I've seen your attitude kind of go from like this really excited dude and then I don't know if you saw the one that we just did. Oh, you you saw it because you recorded it. Of course you saw it. Um, you sounded like a defeated young man that has uh, lost all hope, at except, least last week. Except today. So it was kind of like the seven stages of grief. Like, yeah, I was super excited. We were six and two. I'm ready to talk shit. Everyone's my enemy. I hate everyone except Sox fans. And then they started to lose a couple in a row, and they lost them in, like, annoying fashion, right? We'll get to that in LaRusso's locker and then I started to get like mad. Like I was mad. I was yelling into the microphone. And then yesterday, with the way it ended, Byron Buxton hitting the walk-off bomb a second of the game. I almost had like a a joking like laughter to my tone. Same. Like, like it was comedy that it like got to this level. So that's kind of how the put on your socks videos have come come. The next one will be recorded at Guaranteed Rate Field. So Maybe Brian could come be a part of it. I could. Yeah. I'm into that. All right. That'd be well, fun. Are, are, you, are you not doing one tomorrow then, Vinny? The next one? You mean the, the one after the next one is going to be recorded at the field? Uh, I'm going to be at the game tomorrow. 
I know, but aren't we putting one out in the morning tomorrow? <laughs> oh yeah, so I guess yeah, you're right. It is. It's too. Early. I know what you. I know what you mean. It's I'm just, waiting, I'm just the next one. That, the next one that's for a game that happened. The next one tomorrow's will just be being like, hey, we had a show last night. Make sure you listen to it tonight. The White Sox play the Royals. You know, not as fun. But yeah, maybe yeah, me and Brian could link up and get this video done. I I like making videos. But yeah, get to the segment. I'm talking too much. No, there's no such thing as talking too much. We're filling airtime. It's a beautiful thing. And you mentioned the segment a minute ago. So we might as well dive in and rip apart, or um, excuse me, dive into and discuss La Russa's locker. Ah, yes. The segment that last week, uh, just a week ago today, we said we had zero complaints with Tony through the first week of the season. And now we are a week later and we have nothing but complaints. So, Vinny, I know you've been waiting all week patiently for this moment. I'll let you lead things off. I'll put you into like the bigger portion of the screen and uh, I'll just let you rip them apart. Go for yeah. it. I'm not going to take too long because I do. I don't want Brian to have to sit there. Like I want to hear his thoughts as well. Um, sure. This was one of the worst weeks Tony LaRusso has had as the manager of the White Sox. I'm not like fully out. Like some people are. Like they're not going to fire him. Like chanting LaRusso sucks. LaRusso fire. Like that's just to me that's pointless. He's not going anywhere. What I just want to see is like last year he kind of had a bad April last year too, and then. You know, it seemed like things got better. And by June and July, he's running out there to defend Jose Abreu when he's beamed in the head. And we were all singing his praise, and me included. I just go on, you know, what I see lately. It's what have you done for me lately when it comes to your favorite team's manager, whether it be any sport, hockey, baseball, football. If the Patriots started going 0-16 year after year, the they'd want him, uh, Bill Belichick, fired. He's the greatest coach who ever lived in any sport. So, you know, the Hawks fired Quinville, one of the greatest coaches in Blackhawks history. Yeah. That, that, that stuff fluctuates. But over the last week, Tony La Russa has been terrible. I, I wrote down some notes. As recently as yesterday, there was one out, runners on second and third. You can make the argument that he should have walked Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton already had a bomb in the game. First base was open. He essentially, the runner on first essentially would not have mattered. But there are people arguing Luis Arise, who is outstanding, who's a White Sox killer, was up next in the lineup. But at minimum, you take away the guy who could be an MVP level player in Byron Buxton. And you was last year. Until he got hurt, he was. I know. Oh, listen. Carlos Correa's on that team. I think Carlos Correa, I would rather have Buxton. Well, Correa stays healthy on a more consistent basis than Buxton. There's no doubt about that, and that's important. We know that as White Sox fans. But I would have walked Buxton a ground ball inning over. A ground ball inning over is not a thing without Buxton being on first base. And he was hot in the game. He had the hot hand coming back from injury. He's looked outstanding. I would have let Arise hit and let Hendricks face him. But I have another critique. It was kind of clear that Hendricks was battling something. He just wasn't himself. He looked like he was nursing something. He kind of limped off the mound after the ball was hit to absolute Pluto. And it just, it wasn't a good sight. Uh, Another issue, 
everybody will touch on it. Leary Garcia batting second and third for, you know, it was either second or third for three games straight. That can't happen. That just can't happen. Not on a World Series caliber team. People are like, oh, well, did you complain about the White Sox lineup in 2013? Like, you're going to complain about this one? Yeah, because in 2013, I thought they'd come in last, not first. That's why I'm mad that Leary Garcia is hitting in a place where a guy with a 800 or better OPS should be hitting. Um, there was the game last week against the Guardians. Or was it the uh, opener against the Twins? I don't remember. Reese McGuire with the bases loaded, one out. You have on the bench the best offensive catcher in Major League Baseball over the last 10 years. He might not be number one right now. I think there's an argument for Sal Perez. There's an argument for sure. Real Muto. But over the last 10 years, the best offensive catcher in Major League Baseball is Yasmani Grandal. He's sitting on the yeah, bench absolutely. with Reese McGuire at the plate. And we saw what Yasmani can do in clutch situations like that literally two games later in extra innings yesterday. It obviously wasn't enough. Bucks didn't hit the walk-off. But just not pinch hitting for him. The lineups – how is Berger batting ninth after essentially being the second best hitter on the team behind Vaughn to open the season? I mean, there are just some what? things lately and, that I and, just can't get behind. And Vinny, let's let's point out that in most ballparks, Grandal, that's a two run homer. That's that's probably yeah. out. You're right. I mean, because that that's an elevated right field porch there in Minnesota. So uh, I, I'm curious the numbers there, but I'd be willing to bet that in probably at least 75% of ballparks, that's probably a home run. That's fair. All right, Brian, you get the tee off. Tony Larusa, how do you feel? How horrible was he, or do you still love him deep in your soul? Uh, I think Vinny pretty much summed it up there with talking about how everyone was shitting on Tony to start last season and then winning sort of cures all, where once the team got hot, nobody was complaining about Tony outside of minor lineup construction things, which I'll defend him for one second on the lineup thing because they, they put up a, a stat on the broadcast, I think it was yesterday, that said the White Sox have played 10 games since the start of 2021 where Abreu, Mancata, Anderson, Grandall, Robert, and Jimenez have all been in the lineup at once. That's absurd. So I think nine and one, two, nine and one in those games. I think it was eight and two, but it was something something absurd where in those 10 games, they were winning everything. And so it's hard when those, that's basically the entire lineup. Basically. They're all hurt at different times or the same time. So that puts Tony in a bad spot to where he has to make a shitty lineup because the good guys aren't playing. That being said, there is no excuse. I don't care who is playing. Larry Garcia is not a two-hitter on the 2013 White Sox. The, there's no excuse for him to be that high yeah. in the lineup multiple days in a row while Andrew Vaughn, who fucking rakes, is on the bench consistently. It's a joke. It makes no sense. I don't care what the matchup is. I would rather have I would rather have like Gordon Beckham out of his prime at second base right now than Larry Garcia. I think start. I agree with you. Larry's been off to a brutal start, and Tony has this blind faith in him. I just, I just don't get it right now. I mean, I know Josh Harrison's a little bit banged up, but I mean, yeah, even he's point. not performing. But <laughs> they, I mean, that's why we've seen so much Mendick, and he's not any good either. I mean, yeah, I, I, just, I, I what what I don't get is how 
Lurie has consistently not performed, and he's hitting second or third. But then you got Jake Berger, who, like you said, is hitting ninth, who has performed and is murdering the baseball over 100 miles an hour basically every time he hits hits the baseball. And Andrew Vaughn on the bench, where th- those are your top two producers right now. Yep. I, I don't get how they're at the bottom and Lurie's hitting in the top six consistently. It, it, it makes no sense to my brain. Yeah, it feels like to me Tony's taking a nap at the, at the wheel. But Vinny, you got something to say? Yeah, I have a question for you guys. I'm sure you've seen Moneyball, correct? Yeah, Moneyball. What's up? It's my favorite movie. It's great. It's one of mine too, and I literally just watched it two days ago because something came in my mind, and I wanted to see if it was like a similar type of situation, and it, it certainly was. Um, and Moneyball is based on a true story. In the movie, the coach Art Howe kept playing Pena at first base when he wanted um, Scott Hatterberg to keep playing. Uh, Billy Bean wanted Hatterberg in the lineup every day that he was healthy, no matter what. Why? Because he gets on base. (laughs) Um, But that's not the point. He traded Pena to get the coach to stop playing him. Could there ever in a world be a situation where Rick Hahn needs Tony LaRusa to stop playing Leary Garcia, where he plays him and how often he plays him, to the point where he trades him away for basically nothing. I don't think so, because Rick Hahn's the one that gave Leary the contract. Okay, so yep. you, you think Rick know. Hahn has similar affection for Leary Garcia as TLR does? I don't think it's as strong. I, I think Rick is smart enough to see the production and be like, this guy should not be playing. But, I mean... He gave him a three-year deal. You yeah. you remember the, the the rant last year from Tony how he's not a utility player, right? Yeah. He he like he's basically, basically sucking lip nuts. Yeah, it was either Duber or Fagan, one of them, and he just yeah. destroyed their life for talking calling Leary Garcia a utility player, even though he is literally the definition of a utility player. Yeah, he's- I think I think it was Fagan because we had him on the show and then he was That's talking right. about it. Yeah. By the book, a utility player. Yeah. Who's not really good at any of the utilities. No. He had some clutch moments last year. I don't think there's any denying that. He had the no, walk I mean, off he, against he had a, After the All-Star break, he was pretty solid. Yeah. And then I, he hit the home run in game three, and I gave him a statue. That was impulsive. I apologize. I revoked it. He is now in the bottom of the Cal Sag under the Harlem Avenue Bridge. So I, I righted my wrong. Is he, is, he wearing, is he wearing cement shoes? A statue. It'll sing. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Oh, I mean, if he's the 26th man on the roster and being played as such, and Berger's 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, and he was, took three non-competitive swings to strike out on all three of them, and they're down a run with bases loaded in the ninth, and they pinch hit Berger for Garcia, I'd be cool with that. But, you know... This put batting him second and third and having him in the lineup in every single game except three, I think it is. It's just I I can't believe it. Now with the injuries, I kind of get it. Uh, I saw Vincent Tassone asking the chat about update on Robert. I'm 90% sure he's gonna play tomorrow against the Kansas City Royals. That was the initial diagnosis, and I haven't heard from anybody that that's not happening. Yeah, I haven't seen any updates. So. Yeah, so I, I'm assuming no news is good news with that. I'll be a little surprised if he bats second. I kind of see him batting sixth again. He had two hits batting sixth in the game he got hurt. Um, 
let Lubob get hot, and then sky's the limit for the guy. We all know that. He had a three-and-a-half war in 60 games last year. I sure hope so. He gets out. I got an MVP future on him. <laughs> Andrew Vaughn's uh, leading off tomorrow, guys. Yeah, we'll see. No. I'm just fucking uh, around. It'll probably be – well, I don't know when – Watch Anderson, it happen. He gets on base. When is Tim Anderson going to serve his suspension, I think, is an important question for Tony LaRusa too because – that I hope it's not tomorrow with the lefty. I just don't. I want to see the White Sox absolutely bomb this guy. You know, I would go Anderson. I personally would bat Robert second. I just don't see TLR doing it. But yeah. that that's where it becomes a dangerous game, and that's that's why. Like Brian, I agree with you on the Tony Larusa thing with the with the roster or with the lineup each day. They don't have all their guys available to them. Yeah. But even when they don't, is Reese McGuire a better eight hitter than a nine hitter? In this situation, I know some coaches like having the worst hitter on the team bat eighth instead of ninth, but I don't know. It just doesn't yeah. doesn't feel right to me. Can, can we talk for a moment about Tim Anderson's suspension? I just want to backtrack for just one second. How do you appeal that? That's what I want to know. How, how do you appeal it? The only thing I could see huh? is if he. The only thing I could see is if he uses the argument that other major league baseball players making similar gestures didn't lead to their suspension. That's the only argument that I can see him making. There are gifts, uh, Javier Baez flipping people off. Uh, there was one earlier in the season with, I can't remember his name. Um, you wonder if he even, I don't think he would have any ground to stand on with this, but using other leagues as examples, examples. Uh, Kyrie Irving flipping people off all over the place in Boston and stuff like that. Uh, you know, he gets nothing. Like, I don't I don't think he's going to win it. There's no way he wins it. No. But I mean, that's the only how many of those guys, I can see. Yeah. How many think, of those guys – go ahead, Brian. I don't think he should be suspended because, I mean, I just, I'm not, my content's not a kid show, so I don't care. But uh, it, Manfred seems to like – to suspend Tim Anderson for literally anything. So I, it, I, I'm expecting it to be upheld. I'm interested yeah. to see, though. Did you guys see the video of uh, Miles Straw today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see if he gets suspended for that. Yeah. That's like, Tim, if Tim's getting suspended for flipping off the fans, what does Miles Straw get for what he said to the Yankees fans? The Yankees fans are scumbags. And no doubt. There, there's no defending their actions. But if Tim Anderson's getting suspended for giving the bird, what Miles Straw said, you'd assume would probably give a suspension as well. Yeah, he literally challenged a Yankee fan to a fight. Yeah, he repeatedly screamed, hit me then, motherfucker. Yeah, and Tim Anderson gets a game for literally throwing up a finger. Now, I get it. The middle finger it is a negative gesture in our society. And, you know, if you don't want Major League Baseball players flipping off fans on national TV, fine. I understand. It's a, they they do want it to be a kid show. Brian, you and I are not kid friendly with most of our content. We, we everybody understands Definitely that. Definitely not. But not. you know, at least make it consistent. If Straw gets nothing, and like you said, Yankees fans scumbags too, major scumbags throwing crap it's at the players. Even even Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge are out there going, guys, freaking stop. But two people can be wrong in an asshole situation like that. Absolutely, man. I'm only comment I was going to say before that is you know, how many of those guys flipped the bird when the camera was on them on a national stage. I mean, it's been a couple of guys. 
I, I personally don't care. I'm just saying, like, if it's a one-game suspension and you get it and you see the footage, just serve it. But anyway, not against the lefty tomorrow. Yeah, I, serve, I could, it, I could... serve it in game two so we get him against the lefty and we get him against Kelly. Yeah, we'll tee off against Cranky, whatever. You know, it's fine. <laughs> that would be funny if he ends up missing the game against Brad Keller, though. Brad Keller's shaking in his boots right now. Please suspend him. He's going to bat flip against me, and then I'm going to have to throw at him. And then whoever's going to try to beat me up. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, Nomad in the yeah, Nomad in the chat. <laughs> MLP should sure. give every player a one-bird flip quota per game. Fans suck sometimes. That's like uh, the thing on uh, part of my take where they said, uh, like, there should be a quota each year where like a certain amount of fans play, like a player gets to fight a fan like every once in a while. Yeah. It would get people to say moderately less horrid things. Some of the things that the Sox fans were chanting at, um, uh, crap, who's the second baseman for, um, the Mariners Crawford or shortstop Crawford. Crawford. Some of the, they, they Googled his wife's name and said some unpleasant things about her. And I was like, meh. Yeah, man. Have you ever been in a student section at a high school basketball yeah, game? Exactly. Exactly. Got ruthless. Like, it, exactly. It happens everywhere. Well, hey, I think we need to give all the credit in the world um, to Jose Altuve for not flipping off or fighting anybody for all the shit he puts up with. I mean, a lot of it's rightly given criticism, but he hasn't flipped anybody off or punched anybody in the face, and he gets a lot of shit talked to him. From what I've heard, the Astros are well trained since the 2020. Yeah, they are well, like, they kind of got lucky that the whole COVID thing made there be no fans at all in 2020 until the playoffs, and they didn't get eliminated. They got eliminated, and I think they did make it to the ALCS, but they, they were well trained going into last season. I mean, the thing is, there's nothing for them to say. Like, what, what's their comeback? Like, Bobby Portis in the United Center telling the fans to look at his ring, like, that's badass. Like, that's awesome. Like, if the Astros are going to do that and be like, oh, we got the ring, all the fans are going to be like, well, you cheated to get it. Yeah. There's no there's no comeback if you're the Astros. So them just keeping their mouth shut is probably the right solution. Exactly. You either just be quiet and take it, or you act like it's not a big deal like Carlos Correa and everyone thinks you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, you, you have your two options. That's true. I guess I never thought of it that way. You either have one option of just looking like an asshole or you just take it on the chin. Yeah. Take it on the chin. Take it on the chin. And you get to keep your ring. I know everybody, it's invalidated in a lot of people's minds. I still think the whole cheating thing gave the Astros only like a 1% chance advantage. And that's everything in baseball. But, you know, everybody hates them. I, I, I had fun booing him at the playoff game. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I think we all did, right? I mean, yeah. it certainly certainly doesn't get much better than that. A, a good boo is like one of the greatest things in human history. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah, and it's it's nothing personal most of the time. Maybe with some of these Astro players, it might be a little bit for people who felt like the game was cheated that year. But I also have a hard time, Brian. I don't know if you agree with this or not. I have a hard time buying that the Astros were the only ones. Oh, they absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean Chris Sale came out and said they weren't the only ones, and Chris Sale was a victim to the Astros in 2017. I believe they lost to the the Red Sox, lost to the 
Astros in the first round that year, and then they beat the Yankees and then the Dodgers. So it's like the same thing as steroids, the whole league was doing it. Exactly. They made Bonds the main culprit. I mean, it's, yeah. the whole league was sign stealing. They made the Astros a scapegoat. It's baseball's a dirty game. What are you gonna do? Love it. <laughs> Baseball is a dirty game. What are you going to do? We're going to soak full it all up, gents. Full of naughty fellas. <laughs> oh, speaking of naughty fellas, fellas, I miss oh. Garrett. Okay. I miss him very much. Should I put yeah. on his jersey really fast? <laughs> you could if you want. I miss his I miss his SpongeBob backpack. That's what I miss. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter today. Yeah, the, the rookie yeah. backpack. Yep. Somebody else had one. Uh, I was at the game sitting behind the dugout two weeks ago. I can't, I think it was Severino using it because he was like the one rookie guy. I think it was a cheeseburger, but I could be wrong. I would have to go back and look at the picture. I haven't seen but... one yet this year. I also haven't been there much this year because the fire came here, but yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> well, Joey, what I was going to go yeah. ahead. No, because it sounded like you were going to lead into a segment, but I just, I was. To... I just had no, to throw out a mention for that naughty fella, Garrett Crochet, really quick. We went on quite no. a tangent from Loose. No. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, we knew it was going to be a long segment today. You know, imagine if Zim was here, too. We'd still be gone. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be coming at some point. He's 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 getting home from his event. But uh, until, I was going to say, yeah, right? Um, I was going to say baseball makes us – Feel almost feel as good as not our as Miller Lite, who is not our sponsor for the show, but they definitely could be. I'll definitely could sponsor Brian's life. You rip Miller off what? Lite. It's great tasting. It's less filling. It's ninety six calories and it's three point two carbs per twelve ounces, and it'll get you feeling nice, folks. That's a free ad. Miller Coors, wow. Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, how you doing? Hey. <laughs> that stuff's delicious too. It's yeah, also owned by Miller, so might as well. I didn't know that until they took over the Craft King. Yeah. Is it is it is it Lining Google now? It's the Lining Google's Craft Lodge. Wow. How did I yeah. not know that? I meant to I tell you that. that. They took I over pred- that. I, I made a prediction before the season started that they were going to take over the the Goose Island, that it was going to be lining Google because it made sense with the canoes in the water. But no, they had to make it the Miller Light Landing. But yeah, yeah. I was there at opening day. I got there at like 10 o'clock. We just had a bunch of shit to do. So I was like in the stadium way earlier than Gates were. And, then and I went for, went for a stroll around. And it's the same exact thing as the craft game. They just changed the sign. Branded. Yeah. yeah. And then Vizzy took over for Revolution. Yeah, it's a busy view bar. The busy view bar. Instagram trendy for all the chicks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what busy. What is that? It's a self. Is it a brand? I never. Oh. Had never had one. If I'm doing, I'm if I'm doing like seltzer style drinks, I'm a high noon guy. But high noon. Like, yep. Technically, it's not a seltzer. Shout out to the dozen. That's a vodka soda, right? It's so shit faced that you fall up the stairs. I can tell you firsthand that happens all the time. <laughs> Especially going up to that lounge. The amount of first aid calls we get from people that fall are ridiculous. Oh, geez. And that's where they give all the, the free giveaways. If you get like a free hat or something, yeah. you got to go up there and yeah. Yeah, they, like, still do uh, that. they still do that up there, I think. And I'm going to, and Vinny and I have this plan, Brian, and I, I need to get you in on this. I, I've been dying to get that Frank Thomas pinball machine in my house. We're going to break in there. 
and we're going to steal it like they took Pam and Tommy's sex tape. We're just going to get it and, you know, sneak in the middle of the night and it'll end up, and, you know, we'll, we'll bring it back. It's That's the sweetest pinball machine. machine. <laughs> have you seen that pinball machine? Yeah, I have, yeah. It's it's absurd. I love it. That's awesome. I'm hoping that COVID's kind of on its way out now that they maybe they'll plug it back in because the last two seasons it's been sitting there without any juice and it's really pissing me off. Yeah, my my favorite thing they done they did to the ballpark this season besides bringing back Miller Lite, of course that's the easy number one. <laughs> did you see where they moved the speed pitch? No, I actually. did. I thought they got rid of it. No, they so they took it out of the where it was next to Larusa's lounge because they made that yeah. the, like, it's basically like uh you just go you take shit you buy it it's like a oh separate. it's one of those go grab and goes yeah yeah they moved it to center field and it's tucked it's like flush with the back wall of the concourse and it's like tucked in that like wall there so it doesn't take any up any space on the concourse it's beautiful little known fact brian when the ballpark first opened in 1990 that's where the speed pitch used to be i was not alive i wasn't alive then well I, I mean i was alive god i'm old i i was really young when i went but anyway they they moved it. I remember when it used to be in center field, but that's beside I the didn't point. Know it used to be there. That's a great fun fact. It is a great fun fact that I wouldn't have even brought up if you didn't tell me they moved it back to where it used to be. It's dangerous because it's right across from that new tequila bar they put in. That's oh, that's right. They did put that new tequila I did bar see that. under the fan deck where the uh, the frozen Mars used to be. It's just a big tequila bar now. Then you get yeah. that, and then you grab yourself one of these and. You know, you go to town. Yeah, Life I had a good. rainbow cone. I had a rainbow cone. Oh, I haven't had one yet. It was phenomenal, phenomenal. I was blown. Is that your away. first one? See, I'm a little. Yeah. I, I don't really know how to feel about that because I love the waffle cones they had out in left field because it was dangerous yeah. because of where we stood for first aid in left field, it's right in front of that stand. So the smell of waffle cones is hitting you all day, and it's like the sixth inning. You're like, well, I gotta get one. Yeah, time to get a waffle cone. So we'll yeah. see. Well, I, you might like the, they're really good. I think they do have them in waffle cones, though. I think you can get one in a waffle you cone. Can, you should be able to get one in a waffle cone. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't see why you wouldn't. And honestly, I haven't, I was behind home plate opening day in the other game I worked. So I haven't been out in left field like extended period of time yet this season. Mm -hmm. But from what I'm, I've heard it kind of sounds like the same exact stand, just with there you yeah, it is. Well, I mean, rainbow is good stuff. I mean, it's a Chicago staple. Um, it's the most refreshing thing you can do besides drinking ice cold Miller Lite. <clears throat> Not a sponsor, by the way, but maybe they will be. Miller Lite, if you're out there. If we keep pushing, Spon maybe, they'll, uh, maybe they'll hook us up. Yeah, just, oh, yeah, you we'll know, just, just sponsor Brian in general. Like, all his outfits need to be just Miller Lite. You know? I almost got one from uh, Sprecher, the like, craft soda company. Oh, no kidding. I was making like a rope beer float like last November and I tweeted it and then they replied like two weeks ago to the tweet. Dude, Sprecher's like, the bomb. It's delicious. And I was like jokingly like, hey, let's get Sprecher's on a sponsorship of QTMFBB. And then they followed me and DM'd me and were like, let's do it. So I got to send him an email. I got to send him an email and see what you happens. You should, man. If, if you have... Have you been to Lake Geneva? Have you ever been to Lake Geneva in Wisconsin? That's so long ago, yeah. But they they have 
a Sprecher like restaurant and like place where you can get like fresh sodas and stuff, their restaurant is just unbelievable. Not to like, this is not a sponsorship thing. We're just having fun talking, but yeah, we're just banter. Good old fashioned banter. Good old fashioned banter. That's right. Speaking Sometimes of banter, I was, what's that? Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need banter. The show's going to run long, whatever. We figured that out at this point. That's okay. Uh, we did get a question here, speaking of banter. How much is a tall boy can these days? And, uh, you know, it varies depending on if it's a craft or, or you know, a domestic. But isn't isn't a tall can, like, for a Miller Lite, like, 14 or 15 bucks now, right? I have no I, I Yeah, know. I don't know why yeah, you're, you're, 10.95 stuck in my head. But that I saw, saw 12.50. Earlier this year. But it's hard because I'm never drinking while I'm at games because I'm working. So it's, yeah. it's hard. I did by May 26th. I will be there as a fan for Barstool to party. So I'll let oh, you know. Me too. The Red Sox, right? Yeah. Yep. Is that the game I'm selling you, Vinny? No. So that's the 25th. And I'm probably going to go back 24 hours later for Barstool at the park. Yeah. Uh, I, I checked yeah. the schedule. I'm not working that game. Immediately bought tickets. I also bought tickets for May 3rd at Wrigley in the bleachers. So we could get the second ever QTMFBB live from the bleachers. That's go. what we're talking about. If it's Clue Landslide, though, don't do it there. Yeah, I'll go to like Sluggers and get drunk and do it there. Yeah. Uh, Sluggers is nice because it's like half a White Sox bar anyway because they love Minnie Minoso so much. That's true. Well, we're going to go from loving on people to hating on people real quick here. And Vinny, what's the name of this next segment? This next segment. Wait, which one did you say we're going to do? Oh, we're yeah. Gonna talk about. We're going to rip onto people. <laughs> yes, right. Okay. So we're going to talk about the worst players on the Chicago White Sox, which is all of them except one in the last week in the Adam Dud of the week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yeah, and that was that was Tony's voice saying, uh, stupid, lousy, no good excuse. And that's pretty much how I feel about this week for everyone. Brian, we'll let you lead things off here because why not? If you had to pick one person on this team to hate on, it doesn't even have to be a player. It could be whoever you want. Who is your Adam Dud of the week? Vince Velasquez. That guy stinks. <laughs> he is so bad. I said it in the post game after he pitched. I said he would be lucky to have a sub four if he played on the Chicago Dogs. Oh my god! <laughs> he, is, he is one of the worst pitchers I have ever seen in my entire life. Vince Velasquez or Ojesimar Despaigne. Espanye would throw a perfect game before Velasquez Jesus makes it out of the fourth. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. I I was I'm not gonna lie, that's not what I was expecting to hear, but uh you know I, like it, I, have, I, have a, I have a strong hatred for him. It developed very fast. So you 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 you're not looking to well, look at him. Look how nice he is. I wanted to love him too because his name is Vince and I love a good Vince. But good my my namesake didn't do much for me. I agree with you, Brian. He stinks. It looks I mean, like a nice fella. I'm sure he's got a firm handshake. Probably fun <laughs> to drink beers with, but he's just not good at pitching baseballs. 
No. And well, where's his statue going, Brian? You might as well put him with the lorry one at the bottom of the Cal Sag of this one. <laughs> Except his started there. Yeah. It, it never got put on a landmark. It was just every guy on the roster gets one pre-built just in case they do something cool and we got to throw it up there. And he, he just he just went is, straight. straight. Is there straight a worse down. Is there a worse place than the bottom of the Cal Sag that we can think of? That's what I want to know. I, I honestly don't think so. If he beats the Cubs, I'll love him forever. If he beats the Cubs, I'll build him a statue. He'll get he'll go. get it's, resurrected gonna, from the bottom of the cow sag. While Joe's giving his part, I'm gonna try and figure It'll out. It'll be if a he's little. You're gonna figure out what? I'm gonna try and figure out who if he's projected to go against the Cubs. Oh, nice. As I say, if 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 you do make him a statue, it'll be like one of those like mini ones, you know. Not even an action figure, like a mini scaled figure. Like the little printout things you like put a quarter in at the zoo and they give you like a plastic polar bear. Like the like the shit uh, figure you put the money in and it makes the wax and it comes out really yeah. deformed. It'd just be Vince Velasquez giving up home runs. Nice. If Lance Lynn doesn't miraculously come back before the Cubs series. Vince Velasquez, as of right now, now things could change, and my math could be poor too. I suck at math. He is in line True. to be the starter in the second game against the Cubs on Wednesday, May the fourth. Be with you. Oh man, well at least I bought tickets for the third and not the fourth. There you go. I think that would be, um, I believe that would be Michael Kopech. If Watch Vinny's math, Vinny's math is off, it's actually Velasquez going on the third. Yeah, I'm gonna get DMs Sorry. and messages from Brian. Yeah, I have to go see Dallas Keuchel tomorrow. You could see Vince Velasquez against the Cubs. Hey, at least I'll be getting paid to see Dallas Keuchel throw. Yeah, baseball. there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, me too. Technically, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, technically. Um, but I, I'm excited to see them face a lefty, though. I know we're supposed to be talking about duds. Joe, did you want to give your dud first? You could give your dud first. Yeah, I'll, I'll dive in. Why not? Uh, you know, it's been a brutal week across the board. Um, and, and I hate to do this given – well, I'll, I'll do this and then I'll promo our guests for next week. I, I hate to give this award to Jake Berger because it's been a real lot of crappy players. Uh, but Jake didn't have himself a great week. You know, Jake went one for 15, hitting .067. And out of all those at-bats, he had five strikeouts. Um, not the, big, the biggest reason we lost, but definitely a big reason. I love I loved me some Jake Berger. I'm never going to hate on him all that much, but he didn't have his best week. So for me, he gets the Adam Dud of the week nominee. Uh, with that said, we love Jake Berger. And next week on the show, this is what we call a plug, folks. Uh, his better half, Ashlyn Carmella, will be joining us on the show. So uh, we'll get to hear it from the perspective of the a life of, of a significant other of a major league ball player and hear a little bit about the Jake Berger story. So we still love Jake Berger. His career has been ups and downs, both physically and mentally. So looking forward to that conversation next week. But this week, it was a down week. Sorry, Jake. That was a beautiful segue. I'll give you like a nine point. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't even practice it. I just won it. That was beautiful. That was a good Thank segue. Um, hopefully she doesn't cancel for you making him your Adam Dunn of the Week, though. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just After kidding. all that nice stuff I said, it's fine. My Adam Dud of the Week, it's got to be Liam. I'm going to give it to Liam Hendricks. I'll, I'll give a duo Adam Dud of the Week, actually. You're supposed to have Bummer, Graveman, and Hendricks be the back end of your bullpen that you win. When they come into the game, if the starter can get it to them with a lead, the game is over. And that has not happened to start this season. Yesterday was the most glaring version of it. Bummer gives up a three-run absolute bomb to Byron Buxton, who ties the game at three. And then with a one-run lead in the top of the or the bottom of the 10th inning, Liam Hendricks. Although if he's ailing something, then I'll be more mad at Tony LaRusso for this or Ethan Katz or anybody on the bench who couldn't figure it out. But he gave up the three-run bomb to Byron Buxton in the bottom of the 10th inning, and I hated how electric it was. If I wasn't a White Sox fan and I was just – if it was two teams I didn't care about in terms of wins and losses, and I saw Buxton throw the bat like that and then clap the way that he did, I would have thought it was crazy. But, yeah, everybody that we named – absolutely did not play well at any point and is that gary Busey? no this is dumb and dumber dude <laughs> oh that's been a while since i've seen dumb dumb and dumber i actually have seen it though i haven't seen a lot of movies people rip on me for it but i actually have that's seen dumb and dumber. um for a second there he looked like gary Busey, but yeah he'd be way younger than that guy um yeah bummer and hendrix co-adam dunn of the week from vp yeah yeah, brutal, brutal week across the board. Uh, literally, when I when I wrote for the segment this week, I didn't even pick a name. I just wrote everyone in all caps. <laughs> um, uh, it was a tough one across the board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you were saying earlier in the show that AJ Paul could have used a few extra days in AAA. The entire team yeah. could probably use a little confidence boost down there. Yeah. I mean, if I told you the two players on the team with the highest batting average this week, you guys probably wouldn't believe me. You guys want to take a guess who the player with the highest batting average this week was? Adam Hazley. Is no. <laughs> is Reese McGuire one of them? Oh. Reese McGuire is higher, but it is it is not the person. Vinny, oh, I'll okay. give you a hint. We have interviewed this person. Oh, is it Gavin Sheets? Yes, it's Gavin Sheets. Okay. He hit 333 this week. And the player with the the player with the second highest batting average this week, no one is gonna guess. Danny Mendick. <laughs> that's funny. What did he play? One game? Uh that's a great question. He had how many at bats did he have? Uh he went yard and he had the, the single or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, his there was one game. What's good for Sheets? He was hitting like 179 prior to it. Yeah, I mean, because Sheets is a friend of the program too, we want him to succeed just a little bit more. And I, I love him. I, sure. I started the Rakes Club for him last year. Seven yeah, hits this week right. for Gavin Sheets. We'll take that. Brian, I was always under the opinion last year that if Sheets was right-handed and Berger was left-handed, Sheets's ass would have been sent down to AAA and Berger would have stayed up. I literally saw them as equals last year. Do you kind of agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it a mixture of the, the handedness because the glaring problem was that we needed a left-handed power bat. And then that was not addressed in the offseason at all. But, uh, yeah, him 
doing that and then him having the ability to play outfield probably played a factor. But uh, yeah, I, I I was part of the camp where I thought Jake Berger should have been on the playoff roster, but what are you going to do? It would have made sense. It would have definitely made sense. Um, so that's the Adam Dudd portion of the show. But on the other side of the fence, we talk about players that didn't suck, that were awesome. And uh, Brian, what was Hawks' trademark um, when, when someone hit a home run? I can't remember. What did he say? You can put it on board. Yes. Ball hit deep. Way back. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Man, I couldn't have promoted that any better if I tried. It just worked out. So thank you for that, that Brian. I appreciate <laughs> it. Beautiful. That was outstanding. You know, sometimes it just fires on all cylinders. And, folks, we didn't even practice that. It just that happened. That was the first time I've ever tried to do a Hawk Harrelson impression in my life. It wasn't half bad. It was pretty good, actually. But uh, this is the segment of the show where we talk about someone that didn't suck. And there wasn't very many of them this week. But there's some players that just hauled ass and, and hit, hit it in all the right places. So I think we're probably all pretty much unanimous here. But I'll throw it up for a debate if we want. Uh, Vinny. Who do you have for your put-it-on-the-board player of the week? The best player on the Chicago White Sox in the week that was last week where they were swept twice by the Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins was Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech, in my opinion, has the ability to get a contract that makes him one of the highest-paid pitchers in the history of the sport. He has to stay healthy. He has to keep doing what he's doing. But – he has a 0.64 ERA through three games. He gave the White Sox a perfect opportunity to win, where if they would have literally had one more run, they probably would have won the game that he started. They Definitely. gave it up. They gave it up late off of just some bad throwing years. We're seeing him go five innings. He'll probably be on an innings limit this season, and that could be why my math doesn't add up on Brian being able to not – see Vince Velasquez when he sees him play the Cubs is if they run the six-man rotation because of Kopech inning limit or whatever. We'll see what happens with that now that Giolito's healthy and they still have a couple extra days here with the expanded rosters. But Michael Kopech, I don't don't want – I'm not calling him the ace yet because to me that's still like a Giolito-Lynn mix and then Cease can be an ace too. Yeah, but I mean, Michael Kopech has the stuff to be the best pitcher that the White Sox have ever had, and I I love watching him pitch. The movement on his fastball is like un, unlike any movement that a Sox pitcher's fastball has ever had. And now that Ethan Katz has him throwing an effective curveball that's ten miles an hour slower than his already effective slider, I mean, he's got a high volume pitch in the high nineties, the low nineties, the eighties, and the seventies. That is hard to go up against as a hitter, not knowing which one of those four speeds are coming his way. So I got Michael Kopech as my player of the week. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to argue at this point. Brian, are you, are you on board the, the Kopech train, or, or as we like to call him here on South Burbs Hitman, Moist Michael? It's a great nickname. Thank you. Start using it. Uh, I, I love the pick. <laughs> I, I would give I would I would give three guys shine this week. 
and that would be Michael Kovac. D'Angelo on fucking Rakes Club because he's the only guy in the offense doing anything. And I got to show some love for Tanner Banks. I mean, this guy's been lights out to start the season. He's got like 10.1 innings, I think. He's, got he's only given up two hits. Yeah, he's, he's got a zero ERA. He's got nine strikeouts. And Tanner Banks, this guy comes out of nowhere, and he's doing the job. I mean, it was against Cleveland uh, last week. He pitched like four scoreless. Yeah, he's been out. Re- he's been unreal. Uh, unsung yeah. hero of this bullpen for a guy that nobody even thought was going to make yeah. the roster. Yeah, I got to show some love for Tanner Banks because, you know, he deserves the recognition, and we got to make sure he gets it. I love That's it. what it's all about, man. I, and if there's ever a week to highlight him, it's the week when no one else does yeah. jack shit. <laughs> like if everyone else was firing on all cylinders, we would have forgotten about him. Exactly. My, my only concern with Tanner Banks is I hope that when he finally does give up that first run, because it's going to happen, I hope he doesn't unravel from there. Keep in his, your head, Mr. Tanner Banks, that you're good. Everybody knows you're good. Everybody can see that you can be good. Go yeah, be he good. Belongs, he, he's, he's, he's proven that he belongs here over these yep. 10 innings. You just got to stay consistent. He's going to give up runs. That's That's a fact. But uh, in in his five appearances or whatever he's got so far, he's been beautiful. Yeah. So if you got, I got it pulled up here. So he's gone ten point one innings, only two hits. I guess he has given up. Uh, or no, I lied. Yeah, he's got a look at that whip, zero point five eight. That's that's impressive stuff. Yeah, that means he's not walking people either. With that fact yeah. that his whip is that low, he's got four walks in ten and point one innings. Yeah. I mean, this. nine strikeouts. He's walking him, but he's not letting him get all the way around. So that's fine. Yeah. And if not. if I told Brian Knights or Joe Mandel on opening day, okay, Tanner Banks made the opening day roster. He's It's 28 men because of the short spring training because of the lockout. But on May 2nd, when they cut the rosters down, do you think he's off the roster on that day? Both of you probably would have said I would. Have I would have said one hundred percent yes. Yeah, the thirty-year-old yeah. rookie that has been in the minors for eight straight years gets sent down. How do you do it now? How I mean, in God's name do you do it now? I mean, maybe in low leverage situ, more low leverage situations, but he has been far better than the other left-hander in the bullpen, Aaron Bummer. So. Yeah. You got to give Tanner Banks credit. He's he's there Definitely. and he's outperforming people that make way more money than he does. Big facts. I mean, and and last week on the show, you know, we had Justin Lee from Bad Guy Radio, and he and this was a hot topic at the time, and it still is. He said that Aaron Bummer is cooked for his career, like he's done. How do you guys feel about that? I disagree with that. I mean, it, we did the same thing last year. Aaron Bummer struggled to start, and then by, like, July, I was calling him the naughty fella. Like, I was like, this guy's naughty. And I, I always say, when he's on and his slider's he's on, he's able to locate it, he's able to get that back foot slider rocking, he's untouchable. But I think his issue right now is he's trying so hard to, like, nibble the corners of the strike zone that he's falling behind in counts and then he's forced to just throw shit over the middle, and then he's getting taken opposite field game-tying home runs by Byron Buxton. So if he just locks in like he has in the past to where he earned his contract, 
and then got better as the year went along last season. I, I don't I don't see that being a problem. He's just been pretty awful to start. It's amazing how the three of us have made parallels to last season that are almost yeah. like it, I mean, it's undeniable. It's very it has been it's very, very similar. Very similar. If you go back and watch the home run that Byron Buxton hit off Bummer yesterday, not the Liam one. The Liam one was a mistake pitch, and he hit it to Pluto. That's yep. what guys like Buxton do. But the pitch to that he received from Bummer was a good pitch. And Buxton is so strong and so good at getting the barrel on the ball that he hit it opposite field off the plate for a home run. Bummer very rarely even has flyouts, let alone home runs. He either strikes a guy out or they ground out or get a base hit, you know, on the ground. And sometimes the ground outs or the ground balls get beaten into the ground because he only throws sinkers when he's throwing a fastball and they hit it straight into the ground. Sometimes the bad defense that the White Sox have don't make the plays and it makes Aaron Bummer look worse. So, to me, he's a victim of bad pitch locating early on in the season. Oh, for sure. And a victim of bad luck. I mean, I'm not out on Aaron The whole Bummer. team is. I think he's the second best reliever on the team behind Hendricks. And I'm putting him above Graveman. Just based on pure stuff. Just in terms of being a pure naughty fella, as Brian likes to say. I would put, I would put him second behind Liam Hendricks. There are days where you could argue first. Yeah, when these guys get going all at the same time, this team's going to be dangerous, and it's only a matter of time. So I'll be that optimist. I feel it coming. April, it's cold. May and June, it's going to get nice down there at guaranteed rate. I'm looking forward to that. That's the most important thing. And, you know, guys, real quick, we got word from our buddy Zim. He's not going to be able to make it tonight, so it's going to be a three-man show the rest of the, t- the night. And that's okay because we're having a lot of fun and we're just kicking the tires. Yeah, we're just uh, shooting the shit, as everyone likes to say. Uh, Just a a fun night here on the Barroom Network. For those of you who don't know, Brian Knights is our guest, the winner of the 108 tourney. And we're just uh, having a lot of fun. And uh, this is the portion of the show where we usually dive headfirst into the week that is coming up. And uh, Brian Knights knows our our co-host gonzo who can't be with us tonight but he does pre-record a segment for us every week that he can't be here called white Sox weekly and we're going to see what's coming up this week in white Sox weekly so let's dive right in Yo, what up, everybody? This is Gonzo here, and this is White Sox Weekly. And to begin the week, it's going to be Tuesday through Thursday here at Guaranteed Rate Field versus the Kansas City Royals. And game one on Tuesday is going to be Lynch versus Southpaw himself and Dallas Keuchel. Lefty matchup. Perhaps that is what the White Sox need to turn this losing streak around. They've seen a lot of Lynch the past couple of years. So we'll see how this unfolds here. But one thing's for sure, Dallas Keuchel needs to stop blaming his teammates rather than himself because he is the veteran that we signed him for. Shouldn't be blaming others for his performance. Now, 
carrying forward. Game two is the ages wondering Zach Greinke versus the ace of our staff right now and Dylan Cease. Boy, that's going to be one hell of a matchup. But uh, game three is going to be uh, Brad Keller versus the flaming right-hander Michael Kopech. And for this White's or the um, Royals lineup, we got to be careful with uh, Salvador Perez, their catcher. He had a hell of a year last season. We don't want to. We don't want him to start up this year at all either. Second series of this homestand is going to be Friday through Monday versus the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. To begin this series, it's going to be Friday, and the matchup is going to be Noah Syndergaard versus Vince Velasquez. Velasquez had a rough start his last performance, while Syndergaard is on a rolling start with the Angels, and uh, Syndergaard's a name to keep an eye on at the trade deadline just in case the Angels do end up dropping in their division because that would be a hot target for the Sox to acquire. Now moving on to game two, it's going to be the lefty Suarez versus Giolito. And Giolito had a very nice performance in Minnesota, target field, and uh, hopefully continues to roll as we need that conference for him to pick up to help with this ball club right now. Game three on Sunday is going to be Lorenzo versus the kid himself. Dallas Keuchel. Hopefully Keuchel turns it around. And then on Monday for game four, it's going to be Sandoval versus Dylan Cease. Now, this is a series likely to be split in my opinion, but hopefully they turn around that series versus Kansas City and sweep them, which hopefully that will happen as we needed to desperately at this point. Um, the Los Angeles Angels uh, have Mike Trout back and he's been on a tear. So that's a guy that Tony should pitch around when the time comes, hopefully, or a tiny. Both of them are uh, pretty great hitters in the league right now. Um, but altogether, I know it's been a rough start on that road stretch. Um, I know the team's taking a lot of heat right now, as they should. But remember, it's player performance at the moment that needs to make that turn. Yes, Tony has some mistakes, but ultimately... He's just testing the roster right now. He's doing it early on, then later. Very smart thing to do. A lot of new guys taking new responsibilities and roles that they haven't been in before. Guys, back to you. Bit of a hot take from Gonzo that Tony's just testing the lineup there. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but Vinny is shaking his head violently. How do you feel, sir? Um, Gonzo, he... He likes to be a contrarian sometimes, I think, which is okay. He he loves his Tony, and he he's going to defend him even when he bets a guy with a 300 OPS second and third. <laughs> I have no words. Bro, Brian is speechless. It happens. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right well that's the week coming up uh won't touch on it too much longer but i will say the royals are just what we need right now guys um i'm hoping that they don't make me eat those words because i'm gonna be really upset if they don't win a game against the royals um but Whit merrifield for me is a guy to watch out for did you speaking of which guys did you see those freaking connect city connect jerseys they put out for the royals today yeah they're filthy i love them I like them too. You don't, Joe? 
No, I, I do. I just, I don't know why I feel so dirty when I look at them because I think it's because I'm maybe a little bit jealous of them uh, when it comes down to it. I'm going to pull it up on the screen because I just airdropped it to myself because I got to show our listeners because they're pretty sick. Um, ours, Paul ours Rudd, definitely. Better. Ours are What's better. That? Our, well, ours for sure. Better. But I, out of all the rest of them, I think, I think you go us one. I would put Kansas City two, Miami three, out of all the, out of all the city connects. I agree. I think Kansas City jumped everyone else to get that two spot. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm one of the weirdos. I liked Boston's because I kind of like what it represents. And the first weekend they wore them was the weekend of the Boston the marathon. marathon bombing, yeah. and those are the marathon's colors. So I'm I'm a little biased. I know they're not Red Sox colors, even slightly, and I think that's the biggest like people's biggest issue with them but i really like casey's i hope the white Sox play against them i tweeted this from the south side of showdown account earlier today that i hope the white Sox play against them wearing those at least once um the white Sox are going to be wearing theirs every monday home game now oh i I was about to say aren't i was going to say aren't doesn't that mean they're going to wear it tomorrow but tomorrow's not monday tomorrow's tuesday i don't know we're going to be we're going to be recording this show during a lot of the games that they wear them so that's definitely going to be something. There's probably going to be at least one time where I go. To, I want to see them in person one time this season. Um, probably will make that happen once. But um, they haven't worn other jerseys yet this season because of supply issues. They've only worn the road grays and the pinstripes. They didn't even have the Sunday homes two weekends ago. Wow. So I'm wondering if the South side one's coming back on Mondays starting now. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I mentioned game. it. I mentioned it in the post game after that Sunday game. And I was like, why aren't they wearing the jerseys? And somebody replied and said that it was a, uh, it was a supply chain issue. And I was like, that's wild that an MLB team is having Jersey problems, but yeah, well, they, you like couldn't get it. You couldn't get them. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say you couldn't even get them on MLB shop yeah, last I, year. Yeah, and it's just a problem with goods worldwide. My mom works in the industry, and these these companies just shipping stuff all over the world are backed up and stuff. Like I know it's affected the NHL too. Guys early in the season didn't have like the requisite number of sticks where they were using teammates' sticks and stuff like that. Like it's it's just interesting how it's kind of affected the sports world. But hopefully the yeah. White Sox. And the rest of the MLB teams, because I love jerseys, even the other teams, even teams I don't like, like the Royals or the Cubs. Like I like looking at the the other ones. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it. When the Cubs first released their Wrigleyville ones, oh, I hated them. I hated them at first, but then when they wore them on the field with the pants, I actually kind of like. And the hat is cool. Um, as a Chicago native, not being able to wear that hat kind of stinks because it's like a cool Chicago hat. But yeah, I'll never. Oh, that's a yeah, no that was, I had the same initial reaction. I was like, I mean, our our overall uniform murdered theirs. Yeah, but their hat's cooler than ours, I think. I yeah, yeah. I agree with that overall. Our our yeah. jersey is better. The pants. I mean, you can't argue with all black. Yeah, I mean the Royals like threw the, baby, the Royals did the same thing the Cubs did. They threw that baby blue in there, and baby blue will always play. So mm-hmm. you know what's interesting about the Royals get up though. They have different color pants than Jersey, where I feel like a lot of the themes for the City Connect jerseys 
have teams with matching pants. Like the White Sox rarely ever wear black pants. They have plenty of black jerseys in their history. The, uh, the, obviously the alternate with just the traditional White Sox logo that's on your hat, Brian. Um, but the, with the black pants, I just think it looks sharp. Yeah, it's it's tight. They they kind of took the White Sox batting practice approach. Like this is the batting practice cap this year. They just kind of stylized the Royals logo, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm digging it. I I'm definitely yeah. digging those unis. What I do like uh, about the the batting practice hats is that it's just the spring training hat just without the dumbass cactus on the side. <laughs> so I got to get my I got to get me one of those that don't have the patch on the side now. No, I think it's actually a little different because it's all, the hat you can kind of see it's kind of like the whole thing has got like this graphite. Oh, they do have a black one. This is the gray one. Yeah, cuz um, they released they released the batting practice one. Yeah. The batting practice one is just the spring training one. Yeah. It, without the patch on the side, and then they released them in black, all white, and then that charcoal one. Yeah, the charcoal is my favorite by far. Yeah, I I got my brother Joey for his birthday the black one. The it's the traditional batting practice one that like the players will wear, and then they got the clubhouse one that is like a diamond a home plate on it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a home plate. Yeah, I guess it is a home plate, and. It's just like a sock in the middle. Like, it's really cool. The merch this year is awesome. I wish yeah. I want the team to play as good as the merch looks. No, soon enough, my friends. Soon enough. Um, but now we get to the portion of the show where we actually have to make some predictions. The pick to click for the week coming up. Um, last week we all made picks. I made the executive decision, Vinny, that none of us win. It's just a blank slate. Nobody gets the win. Because, everyone was bad. Because everyone sucked. So why should I give it to anybody? No if one someone wins. had Kopech or Banks or even Sheets, I, I, I'd let someone win with I'd be cool with someone winning with Sheets. I say I let like I'm in charge. I, I'd be cool with someone winning if it were Sheets. But with the we all picked stars. We all picked like the star players. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. And they were all bums. So screw them. They were screw all up. bums. So nobody wins. So with that said, uh, I did get a text from our buddy Gonzo and – I'll just go ahead and let him pick because why not? This was earlier. Uh, you know what? I lied. I'm going to let our guest go first. Brian, we'll keep track of it for next week, and if you win, we'll just give you accolades on the show. But who are you picking this week for your pick to click? I think it's a little bit of a chalk pick, but uh, you can see him on my hoodie right now. Jose Abreu oh. hitting 216 with two homers and six RBIs is not the Jose Abreu we know and love. And I fully expect him to take leadership in the clubhouse and turn this around and just absolutely go nuts against the Royals. Like, we're talking hitting like 330, four total home runs, single-handedly sweeping this series. Jose Abreu is my pick to click, and we will be building the statue and putting it on top of the bean quite a lot this week. Wow, I, I like it. it. I hope you're I'm right. Tweeting man. you for every home run. There you go. We can promise that. Sure. All right. Brian's going with Jose Abreu. Our buddy Gonzo uh, messaged me. He wants to go with uh, the guy that really rakes. He wants to go with Andrew Vaughn for his pick this week. Very possible that he goes bonkers again. We'll see what happens. Uh, Zim did text me his pick. 
But Vinny, I don't think you're going to pick his pick, so I'll let you go next, and I'll take that chance. No, I won't take his pick. Um, I am going to go out on a limb this week. In order to win with this type of pick, they need to be outstanding. But I believe he will get two starts. I'm not, again, bad at math. But I am going to pick Dylan Cease to be my pick-to-click winner. I think he didn't have a terrible game last time out, but it certainly wasn't the – like it didn't match the first two starts that he had. So I'm going to pick Dylan Cease as my pick-to-click this week. I was going to go Michael, but I'm not sure if he'll get the extra start this week. I think Cease and Keiko each could, and I'm not picking Keiko. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Dylan Cease there. There you go, man. I, I love everything about that. And uh, I'm going to go with a bit of a uh, injury risk pick. But I'm going to go ahead and, and go full force here. I'm going to go and ride Lubob. I'm going to think Luis Robert. I feel like he's going to come back. Uh, and, you know, maybe his battle pick up. May, hopefully, like we said, maybe Tony will bat him a little lower in the lineup. Kind of get those legs fresh, see how things go. So I'm going to go with Luis Robert. So this week's pick to click recap. I'm going with Luis Robert, Gonzo with Andrew Vaughn, Zim with Yasmani Grandal, Vinny going with Dylan Cease, and Brian's going to go with Jose Abreu. All great picks. Uh, we don't have to update the standings because nobody won this week. So Gonzo, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. It was one and one. Vinny and Gonzo each have a win. And then uh, no one else gets a win because this week sucked. So we'll report back on these findings next week. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Always fun stuff there. Uh, Vinny, you look like you had something to say, or am I just imagining? No, I, I, I was thinking about my pick, like with Dylan Cease, and it's just, it's risky to take a picture. But like I said, if he gets two starts and they win both of the games, then it is what it is. At the rate that he's been pitching, even one start could make it win it for you. So, Hopefully mm-hmm. they don't have a week like that, but you never know. Yeah. But uh, this is the part of the show where we get to into a little bit of debate. Not that we haven't had any all night. We've had a little bit of debate here and there. But this is the part where we have a hot topic, and it's what we call the guaranteed take. Fiercely debated all, all offseason. Uh, Frankie Matas is one of those names that has come up over and over again. Uh, apparently the asking price was Andrew Vaughn. Obviously none of us are on board with that. But the guaranteed take question of the day. Frankie Matas, is he the missing puzzle piece on this team? True or false? Uh, Brian, I will let you lead things off on this one. Take it away. False. I just I don't really think Frankie Montas changes this team that much. You get once the starting rotation is fully healthy, you'd assume Vince Velasquez is out of here. And I I just don't think Frankie Montas changed. I, I, the issue with the team right now is the offense isn't producing. The starting pitching outside of Dallas Keuchel and Vince Velasquez has been pretty good. So really. 
as long as the offense is producing, I don't see Frankie Montas really, really changing the dynamic of this team this much, especially if they want Andrew Vaughn for him, who's the only guy on the offense producing. We're not giving up that guy for another starter that really in the long term probably won't change the dynamic of this team on a like massive level. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel what you're saying there. Uh, no, obviously the guy's got some good stuff. I think we would all love to have him if we could get him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but Vinny, I know you've written a couple articles about this, not trading Andrew Vaughn here, but if they could find a way to acquire Frankie Montas without giving up Andrew Vaughn or any uh, quote-unquote major pieces on this team, is he the piece that puts us over the top? Yeah, I'm with Brian. I would say no. Um, I did ask around some people, and once it became clear that they wanted Andrew Vaughn, for Frankie Montas, the stop, the talks between the A's and the White Sox have completely stalled. That is just not happening. So unless the talks reconvene, which is possible, if they trade for him in June, I don't need people in my Twitter mentions telling me, oh, I thought you said talks were – no. They, as of right They're now – stalled right now. <laughs> Monday, April 25th, there is no debate or there is no discussion about it happening whatsoever. So – with that in mind, that kind of makes me feel like it's no even more because, like, it's just I don't want to think about it because of the fact that it's just not going to happen. Um, I really liked the idea of trading for John Means from Baltimore because they probably would have taken a Gavin Sheets or something sick to, like, you know, really help their rebuild. And they're, they've been a little bit tougher to play against than I think some people expected in the early going, but they're not winning. They're kind of like the 18 White Sox where like they were they had some nice moments like the Mancadas and, you know, Giolito pit while well, Giolito was awful. We've all seen the commercial, but it, like for the most part was it had fun moments, but they weren't winning. That's kind of what the Orioles feel like to me. But means is out for the year with Tommy John surgery. So sure. that's not going to happen. Um, I, I would rather get I'd rather get one more bat. If they could trade for – if the Royals make Whit Merrifield available at the trade deadline, I know it's hard to trade in division, but it happens. I mean, it's happened. Um, that, you know, the Royals would be dumb not to get take a good prospect or something for Whit Merrifield from anyone. But if the White Sox are the team that offers them the best package, they would do it. The Indians I'd be gave stunned. them – I'd be stunned if he was traded in the division, but, I mean, I would I love would. it. I would give up the house for Whitmerfield. I love that guy. Yeah, he's outstanding. And he would really help the White Sox starting lineup from one to nine when healthy look outstanding. Like I would not trade Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montas. I would highly consider it for Whitmerfield. Just because he's a massive I would do it. Yeah. And you know Tony would play Whitmerfield every single day. I would sure hope so. <laughs> when Aloy like, comes back. We got a lady on the mound. We gotta put Lurie at second base. Yeah. Yeah. When we got but, Aloy back, when they get Aloy back, Vaughn's not playing every day. No. It, agree with it or not, I don't. Unless but, Abreu gets hurt. If they don't put Vaughn in right field, they put Sheets in right field. 
Yeah, exactly. And Sheets is god awful at Vaughn's not good at it either, but Sheets is god awful at playing defensive right field. I don't understand the lack of usage of Adam Engel. I don't that, think that's that makes about no him. sense. I, I just don't get why why are we taking a fantastic defensive outfielder who has his moments with the bat as well, where he shows signs of like, all right, he could be productive at the plate. And we're putting two first basemen in the outfield. Mm-hmm. I think been- I can give you a part of the reason for that. I, you know, and this is probably just pure speculation at this point, but I think Tony's got his doubts about Adam Ingo's health and maybe we don't know something about his health right now either. That guy last year couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be something to do with it, but you at least got to give the guy a shot. What if this is going to sound crazy? What if like a superstar bat becomes available in the off or in the middle of the season from a bad team? Wilson Contreras is going to be on the block. Um, I had Jesse Rogers on our other show. He is convinced that that guy is gone by the trade deadline. Um, I'd be dumb not to get rid of him. The Cubs are stupid for not trading him already. It makes no sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if they could get, and I don't really want to see them make a trade with the Cubs again. I, I kind of don't. But like, yeah. if Frank Schwindel or Patrick Wisdom became available, I don't think there's a way to lose that trade unless they really gave up great players. Yeah, for them I mean, there's there. no way for those two guys. You're giving up a lot. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. So I have no idea how that's going to go. There are other stars across the league that are going to be out there. Um, I, I just know. wish I, I wish there was a way to get Mitch Haniger from from Seattle, but I, I don't think that's possible. Them being good, Mitch Haniger yeah. and Jose Abreu of old have a lot in common. Jose sure Abreu, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after this season, so yeah. it makes sense if they wanted to get something for him before he leaves for free agency. But if the Mariners are good, they're not going to. Yeah, and the thing that hurts teams trying to get Haniger though the Mariners they kind of feel like they're starving for a postseason appearance not yeah. even a, it seems like they are as an organization desperate to make the playoffs I mean they were awesome at the end of last year I wanted yeah. them to make it so bad yeah. they missed it by one game yeah eh. they were really good and Jose Abreu was available for the right price after 2017 there's there's no doubt in my mind but nobody offered the right price and they kept them through the rebuild it kind of seems like that's the same thing that's happening with Haniger. Yeah. I mean, it might be sacrilege to say, and, and I'm not saying I want this to happen, but does Pito become a guy that is expendable at this point? I know the fan base would probably riot. No. Um, Brian Knights would, would riot as well. I would be – if they traded Jose Abreu, you, you'd find me at the bottom of the cow sack. <laughs> they better – they would have to get something back that – is of equal or greater value. He's a white side oh, at this point. For he, sure. He I, mean, I hope he is. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy. It's weird to think about. He might be a top five White Sox player ever. I, I, he's I definitely top he's, ten. I think easily he's top ten. Yeah. I mean, if you include Shoeless Joe Jackson – then Abreu is probably statistically like the fourth best White Sox hitter of all time. I know uh, 
Frank Thomas and Paul Konerko are probably still slightly ahead of them in terms yeah, of production. Thomas, Konerko, you got Minoso in there. You got yeah, Joe. I would take I would take Abreu's best five years over Konerko's best five years, though. I know some White Sox fans might want to punch me in the face for saying I that. I would honestly agree with that, I think. Yeah. And Konerko Paul Konerko. MVP, I'll tell you that. Exactly. That's my point. He was never at any point a top five first baseman in the American League. Or, uh, maybe in the American League. But uh, for a the minute league. there – for, and for a minute there, you could argue Jose Abreu was second best first baseman in the MLB behind only Paul Goldschmidt. And you could make an argument for um, uh, Freddie Freeman, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you could easily argue that since Jose Abreu is coming to the league, he is consistently the one of the best, but probably the top three first baseman in the game of baseball. Yes. Like, I love Paul Canerco. He was my favorite player growing up. Frank Thomas is my dad's favorite player growing up. That's just how it goes. You're a Frank Thomas fan. Your kids are Paul Canerco's fans. Then you become Jose Abreu fans. We've been lucky at the first base position. We and have. And yeah. Jose Abreu's got to be up there. I if they, I agree. They're, they're going to build a statue. They're going to retire 79, I think, with a ring or not. I agree. No doubt about that. We they need do- our kids to be Andrew Vaughn fans, too. Yeah, I mean the guy fucking rakes. Yeah, that's 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 the perfect way to end that segment. I mean, <laughs> great debate, gentlemen. This is always great fun. Started with yeah. Frankie Montas, and we switched gears, covering a little bit of everything. And uh, we always usually segue into light talk about fun stuff because we talked a shit ton about baseball. Now we're going to talk about the act of enjoying the game of baseball, and uh, you know. I made it a little lighthearted here, but I today we're gonna do our favorite ballpark duo, like things like like you can get together. You pair food or whatever. Could be a food and drink. Could be whatever you want. We'll call it a we'll call it a concession duo. There's a lot of ones that go great hand in hand, specifically at guaranteed rate, because I think we could all agree the food rakes at guaranteed rate field. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. As the cool kids say, it really slaps. <laughs> I said that once to my wife at dinner, and I'll never live it down. She probably slapped you. I'm only 22, but I'm out of the generation that says that. That's I don't think I've ever said that in my life. Yeah, I heard somebody (laughs) say it once, and then I was at dinner with my wife. I'm like, man, that that really slaps. And she looked at me like... Like, unironically, I've said it, but if I'm saying it just like in normal talk, just put me down. You're fine. The other day, my mom told me, I can't remember what it was she ate that she loved. And she said it was dank. And I about fell off my chair. What? Yeah. My mom goes, my mom says, I can't remember what the hell we were eating. It was a family event or something. We were, we weren't, we were out. And she's like, this is dank. And I was like, it was what? (laughs) So funny. It was dank, bro. Yeah. It was dank, bro. I, I, I say dank all the time, but maybe I'm that's why she said it. Maybe you're, you're influencing your mother, Vinny. I like it. Uh, speaking of influencing <laughs> others, what is your favorite ballpark combo slash duo of things you can pair together in the ballpark? Specifically, our ballpark. Brian, you take it first. I mean. This is an easy pick, so I'll do an easy pick, and then I'll do a little sleeper pick that I don't think a lot of people appreciate. 
But now that Miller Lite's back, you got to go Miller Lite, and you got to go a Brock. I'm a big Brock guy. Oh, so Brock. I'm going Brock with a Miller Lite. It'll, it never fails you in your entire life. It's beautiful stuff. Arguably the best combo of anything of all time. Not even ballpark combo. So that's the obvious pick. The sleeper pick is like a hot June, July, August day, whatever month it is, a hot day at the ballpark paired with like uh, a mid-sixth inning root beer float. Oh, yeah. You got to go down uh, the third baseline to get one of those. I think that's where they're at. It's that uh, yeah. winning ugliest sweet stand. Yeah, yeah. Can't go wrong those, with a root beer float. Those never disappoint. They're delicious. Sometimes I even get them in April when it's 30 degrees. They're that good. Sometimes you just need it. You can also get yourself a, a helmet Sunday while you're there if you want. It's a little bit of a reckless move, but sometimes you're feeling it. It's a, it's a highway to sitting on the toilet. We'll call it that. But, Vinny, have you had time to brew on yours? Yeah, I'm kind of – I was going to go in the same direction as Brian. I have, like, two different types of combos that I think hit at different points in the summer and, you know, where you are mentally that game. Um, I think just a tr- traditional great-tasting, less-filling Miller Lite with a, with a hot dog. You know, I like the Chicago style with the relish and the peppers and the mustard, um, the pickle in there, and it goes well with a beer. I think those two things complement each other, especially with baseball in front of my face, as well as anything. And I'm cool with the Polish or the brat too. I love it all. I, you know, I, you know, I love food. I like to eat. Yeah. But yeah. in in terms of like a non-traditional one that I think might just be specific to me, but I think everybody would appreciate it if they tried the combo together. It's any kind of nachos, but at Guaranteed Rate Field specifically, the helmet nachos. And then you mix it with a Coke. Guaranteed Rate Field's a Coke ballpark now. They had Pepsi all those years ago. But they got the Coca-Cola now. And I think Coca-Cola goes better with Mexican food than any sort of soda or beer. Or I guess not beer. Modelo and uh, Corona would argue with me on that too if I include beer. But a Coca-Cola with the helmet nachos is my favorite duo at the ballpark when it's hot it doesn't matter i don't care it's what i want to do all the time i gotta ask do you do the pickled jalapenos oh yeah oh yeah absolutely you, you gotta do the pickled jalapenos it sets it to a to a higher level yeah yeah there's, there's quite a few combos in this park that you can do um this is one and again this isn't like the thing i get all the time but it's one that really slaps if you know what i mean uh, yeah, you, you gotta go. You gotta go to the signature sandwich place, which is right when you go down to the craft cave when you come up the ramp, and you gotta get that corned beef sandwich they have there. Uh, it's it's a corned beef sandwich with like a jalapeno slaw. They give you like a giant mound of chips with it, and then if you tip them a dollar, they'll give you an extra pickle and a shit ton of chips, like a shit ton of chips. You get that. I think it's like 15 bucks. By the way, that's the best value for food you can get in the ballpark. Still worth it. On on a hot summer day, you get the turkey club. Oh, my God. Even the turkey club, yeah. They added like three new sandwiches to that place this year, too. That's right. They they got a Caprese now. They've, you know, the whole, the world's our oyster over there. But the corned beef sandwich is the one that really slaps for me. I said it again. Um, Then then you got to go 
a little bit further down the outfield. Well, you get in a couple of different spots. You go down, you get your corned beef sandwich in one hand with all that food. Then you go and get your hot elotes in the other hand. I tell you what, I don't know what it is about the combination. Some people might think I'm crazy. Take a little bit of corned beef sandwich with the jalapeno slaw. Take a bite of a chip and then take a little bit of that elote. It'll change your life. I'm telling you what. Uh, and to be honest, on the grand scale of ballpark food, it's not the most expensive duo either. So highly you recommend. I'll tell you something. I'm going to try that tomorrow. Oh. Because I love both those stands so much. I will try that tomorrow, and I will give you a full review. Because that stuff is delicious. I've only had them separate. I can only imagine them together. My one question for this combo is, have you ever considered taking a chip and dipping it in the elote? I'm doing it tomorrow, too. I just decided... I'm I was going to say I've there. done that before. The chip and the elote, it's fantastic. It's like the elote um, dip from Trader Joe's. That stuff is absolute gas. Oh, yeah, it's standing. It's yeah. better than that. Doing it at the ballpark, but you got to do the elotes with everything. You can't skip out on any of the toppings. Oh I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're if you're telling them to not put this on the elotes, like what are you doing? Yeah, you got to look that up. You ever sit in line for the elotes and some guy goes up there? He's like, "Yeah, no, 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 none of the crema, no paprika." I'm like, "What are you, what are you doing? doing? You're seeing corn? Like, what are you doing? No, yeah. no line. The elotes stand people are very nice. Sometimes when we're in first aid uniform, they'll give it to us for free. So I really appreciate the elote community. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and second mention that they have a really good tamale at those stands too. Surprisingly oh, good tamale. Yeah. Really? I've never if you tried. Have not tried oh. So good because sometimes, like, uh, it hasn't really happened recently, but sometimes at like the end of the day, when uh, it's like the end of the game or whatever, uh, and we're just like hanging out in the office because we got to wait for all the people to leave the ballpark and stuff, like, security and us will just have like a box of hot dogs. And like, at some point, for some reason, we just kept getting boxes of tamales, <laughs> they were incredible. I'm gonna try, I might try one of those tomorrow, yeah. actually. Yeah, the tamales, tamales good. I believe they have a, a pork and a chicken, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you the can't go wrong with really either good. one. I really like the chicken one. That's my favorite. If we're if we're yeah, ranking, I think the chicken's the one in the green sauce, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, either way, very good. There you go. You now you have it. So Brian, you have to post a review tomorrow of okay. of the combo. <laughs> it's uh, it's. I tell you what. Now I want one. And I got I don't know what's my first game this year. I got a 20 game package, but my wife and I just had our first kid. So we're uh we're living that life right now, which is great. But I'm definitely gonna make my way to one of my games. So you I'll know that combo is happening. I'll go get the elotes. Vinny's sitting in 108. I'll meet him over there. We'll get the sandwiches. We'll do the review together. There you go. Let's do it. There it is. I'm in. And the corned beef sandwich between the two of you guys, I mean, if you each take a half of it and a half a chip, you guys will still be full, but, you know. Oh, yeah. That, that ball, sandwich you can just, up real fast. It's huge. Oh, I'm sure. All just, right. Just shove it down your gullet and just make room for more food because that's what happens at that part. Well, make room for Miller Lite, I mean, but you know how it goes. You don't want to break the seal too early. Yeah. It's just big facts. But, guys, we've made it all the way to the marathon. It's been an hour and 52 minutes of just pure baseball and fun conversation. 
We wouldn't have been able to make it this far without our amazing guest, Brian Knights, the winner of the 108 tournament and all around great guy, uh, Blues Brothers fan extraordinaire. And of course, you got to run it when we're hopefully we can run it tomorrow. That's what I'm talking about. I sure hope so. It's been uh, nine days now since we've uh, since we've had a winning post game video. Yeah, that's that's really sad. <laughs> I'm I'm very sad just just thinking about it. But um, at the tail end of the show, we usually get to do a little bit of shout outs for whoever we want. Or in this case, you being our guest, we'll let you talk about anything you got going on that you want to plug or anything uh, that you want to talk about what you got coming up or what you got going on in your life. So feel free to take it away, do a little plug, a little shout out for anyone in your life. And the stage is yours. I really got nothing going on. Uh, you guys, if you, if you do follow me on Twitter, you know that you're going to get 162 post games plus the playoffs. We're not missing anything. We're either queuing the motherfucking blues brothers or we are queuing landslide. It doesn't matter. We're going to be there. So tune in for the post game content at Brian Knights three on Twitter. And other than that, I really got nothing going on except for, Enjoying the White Sox, crushing some Miller Lights, and uh, I should be done with the Fire Academy soon. So both of those things will will crank up quite a bit come uh, the middle of May after I'm done there and I'm done at Western, and then we can do whatever we want. Hey, man, well, wish, we wish you luck at the Fire Academy and everything else you got going on. Uh, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody in your life while you're on the show? Oh, well, I'm on the show. I might as well shout-out uh, Mrs. Brian, incredible human. Shout-out to her. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's watching this right now. So this Miller Lite is for you, babe. And other than that, I would like to shout out Jose Brady because I love that man. That's what it's all about, man. You put, your, put it all together. You put your right foot in. You put your left foot out. And you shake it all about. And yeah. We're talking about the hokey pokey. But uh, I'm just going to cut myself off now. I shouldn't have had that one beer. I'm just getting all kind of wasted on the show. Um, <laughs> anyway, but Brian, we do appreciate you joining us. It's been a blast all night. <laughs> And if you haven't followed him, make sure you go follow him at Brian Knights three on Twitter. Uh, it's a great follow. And of course he won the one away tourney. So, you know, you're getting great white Sox content. Go give him a follow. We appreciate you, Brian. Vinny Parisi. How about you, my friend? What do you got in terms of shout outs for tonight? Shout outs. Um, it always is the same. My girlfriend, Katie, I love you very much. Well, um, I'm not going to call her Mrs. Vinny cause she'll get mad at me. Just kidding. Uh, my mom and dad, uh, Joey brother, you know, all you guys, can't wait. Shout out to my friend Dylan. Happy birthday to him starting in two hours and four minutes. Getting ready to go check out the White Sox game with him, and we'll be there together. Um, Brian, shout out you, man. Thanks for coming on this show. Thanks for being a, a very bright light on White Sox Twitter. I know there are some complete weirdos that are on White Sox Twitter that don't like you know, the fun that goes on and making fun of people. And, you know, I saw some tweets about people with hot tubs. And then, of course, like you and Beeflo for like the two biggest hot tub guys. Be- oh, I, I mean, I murdered that guy with one yeah, quote. Exactly. So, you know, all we want to do is make it fun. And I think you are one of the true beacons of fun on White Sox Twitter. So, you know, I appreciate you a lot for that. And it makes it makes people like me and Joe who – you know, work hard to cover this team and put out good content ourselves. It makes it a lot more fun to have other people into it just as much as you. So, man, thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I mean, have, making fun content on Twitter brings opportunities like this forward. 
to where a couple guys can get on a, a call for two hours and That's talk right. about the team, hammer some beers. And That's on right. a Monday night, after, after a horrendous week of White Sox baseball, for us to get on here for two hours on a Monday night and have as much fun as we had, that's what it's all about. White Sox Twitter is the best place to be on the planet Earth. And just because you said that, after I get off of here, I'm going straight to the hot tub, and we're going to keep this night rolling. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. That's a promise. You can book that, the hot tub. I mean, I wish I had a hot tub, man. I'll <laughs> take a hot shower about that. But uh, getting getting <laughs> – that just came out so weird. But uh, – to my wife, who's probably watching this, she's like, you're not taking a shower. That kid's sleeping, but you never know. Um, anyway, guys, but uh, Brian, I'll, I'll immediately start my shout-outs with you, man. Really appreciate you joining us tonight. It's been a blast. Uh, yeah, it didn't even feel like two hours, but let alone here we are. Uh, Shout-out to our brothers in, on South Burb Sitman that couldn't be with us tonight, and Steven Zim Zimmerman and Chris Gonzalez. We appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, Shout-out to my aforementioned beautiful wife, Catherine our baby girl, Audrey, three months old now, and my two-year-old Great Dane, Maverick, who is probably waiting outside of my office door right now, wanting me to take him outside. So, um, And, of course, don't forget to tune into all the other great shows on the Barroom Network. Vinny's got two shows on the network as well, the Crosstown Crosstalk and Bar Down Blackhawks. Got Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls, Greg Gabriel Talks Football, the Mike North Advantage, Barfly Tailgate, you name it. There's just so many great shows. Science Fliction. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button here on YouTube or just check it out wherever you can find podcasts and subscribe to the Barroom Network. Uh, we appreciate that as always. Thank you for letting us do what we do. Shout out to Aldo Gandia, the man behind the Barroom Network and the man who lets us do this every week. And I'm going to shout out our guest for next week, Ashlyn Carmella, uh, the significant other of Jake Berger and a CEO of her own company as well, which we'll dive into a little bit next week. But uh, tune in next week, same time, same place, Monday night, 8 p.m. Central, May 2nd for that. It's going to be a fun show. And that's all I got, boys. We've gotten this far. It's the tail end of the show. We're going to roll those credits. But before we do, we'll do a good old-fashioned let's go, White Sox. It's time to kick some ass. For the South Burb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi. And our special guest for the night is Brian Knights. That's all we got. We will see you guys next time around. Let's go White Sox. I got to find the credits. Here they are. Let's roll them. We'll see you next week. <laughs>